Get on up, Flyer fans. It's the show that's just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. And live from Planigan's Pub on Stewart Street off Brown. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light, the perfect beer for whatever happens. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Flyer fans, we are live here at Flanagan's, and we have so much to be thankful for here on the weekend after Thanksgiving, and I want to thank all of you for for joining us here at Flanagan's Pub. I'm Michael Purvis, and we want to go right away and introduce my co my my co-host today, Josh Posterino, class of two of class of 1999, class of 1999, welcoming him back here to the Miami Valley after spending a lot of time with a lot of former UD coaches. So uh, so Josh, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's just get everybody here a little bit more familiar with you with what you've done since you uh, you donned the red and blue with the Flyers. Uh, where do I start, Michael? I've been all over the country, dragged my wife and family coaching basketball, but um, we left here at Dayton. I coached at, with Oliver Purnell after we won the Atlantic 10 uh, championship. We went, down to, we went down to Clemson for a little while. Mm-hmm. I made a couple stops at Marshall, went back to Clemson, up to DePaul with Oliver Purnell, then the last three years with Brian Gregory at Georgia Tech. So as you can tell, I'm really glad to be back here at Dayton. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. Aren't we all? You just like that, that red and blue kind of just flows through your blood. You just always have to keep coming back to it. I huh? just couldn't get away from it. No, I, I kept, kept coming back to me. <laughs> well, anyway, so Flyer fans, we are celebrating a victory tonight, 75-41, to 41, and we have a lot to talk about tonight because we have, I mean, geez, we got to talk about the Puerto Rico tournament. we got to talk about this. A great performance, and really, and Josh, it was a tale of two halves. And before we go too far into this, reminder, we do have the Bud Light mic open if you want to come up and talk because I don't want to talk the whole time. So if anybody wants to get up there and say something, Something, please do. Also, four five seven twelve ninety is the number as well. But let's talk about this before we head over to UD Santa. Let's, uh, Josh. Tale of two halves. First half, the Flyers. Both teams were relatively slow to start off, and it was kind of a sloppy game. Second half, Flyers just really came out of the gates. Six zero run before the first timeout. Next thing you know, they're up twenty points on on, on Illinois Chicago. Yeah, I think uh, you know Archie even mentioned it in his post game comments. You know, they they had to get the rust off a little bit. It was a long week. Uh, these holidays holiday weeks are always tough to practice without any games. Those guys played three games in four days. Uh, we flew back on the charter. I was on that flight. We got back about 2.30 in the morning on Sunday night. Um, had a few days off. Students weren't really here. So they got the rust off for about 15 minutes and then they turned it back on, which is really good to see because you never want those things um, as a former coach, you never want those things to linger on into 25, 30 minutes. Now UIC gets hot. They put them away in the second half and really played well. Yeah, they really poured it on a lot there a lot with the help of Jordan Seibert and we'll, uh, we'll definitely go into his performance he's really starting to heat up from the line but as we mentioned 457-1290 is our number or you can step up to the Bud Light Mike as our new viral fan the guy who everybody knows about now Santa Claus in the house UD Santa as a matter of fact so go ahead step on up what do you have for okay, us well I think this close to Thanksgiving we got a lot to be thankful for uh, Flyers played great down in Puerto Rico uh, I thought the gift of uh, Jordan Seibert back to the team would be enough on on uh, Thursday Friday against UConn but not quite enough to get them over the hump but they played well that game too until late in the game and uh, thanks that uh, the team's getting healthier it's good to see uh, Bass back today and thankful for a win today for sure and uh, I'd like to thank Leslie for a great trip we had an awesome time and uh, I'm willing to ready to do another trip soon so um 
you know. Yeah. As, as far as today's game, I thought, you know, defense was the key today. I mean, our offense was really struggling first half. And then about, I don't know, maybe the 12-minute mark or so, it seems like they started putting putting the ball in hoop, started getting more relaxed, and then took the game over from there. My grandson, Drake, tells me that he's a good luck charm for the Flyers, and, <laughs> and he's partially responsible for that. Now, I don't want to talk about other people or anything, but uh, I heard from some friends that John Bedell had a caller Sunday after the game complaining about the officiating and the camera work and also about some old guy in a Santa hat <laughs> in the stands. And, you know, I tell you, Santa's going to take a big load of coal out to Drexel come Christmas. There we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> oh, well, we definitely appreciate the comments, and I'll tell you what, I want to take away a couple of things right there. Um, first off, let, I would really like to talk a lot about Ryan Bass, because uh, having him uh, come off the bench, now his stat line was not impressive at all, Josh, per se. You know, you look at it, uh, if I take a look here, two points, um, only two boards, and, a, and an assist as well, but he had a little bit of a spark to him. You really kind of saw the promise, a lot of speed, and man, that kid can jump out of the gym, too. It's almost like he, he can jump out of his shoes, almost literally. You know, for him him to come out and what I kind of looked for is uh, he's never played a game in UD Arena mm-hmm. <laughs> you know for a real game in UD Arena the kid grew up in Dayton uh, you know went away to school for a few years and now is back so his poise when he came in the game was tremendous and to just to just to point out too what type of kid he is he's had a concussion I, I know he had a real bad concussion for a few weeks and the second play of the game maybe the second possession he's down there underneath the basket taking a charge mm-hmm. I almost saw Dayton's <laughs> athletic trainer Mike fall over in his chair right when he took that but uh but that's the type of kid he is who cared concussion no concussion the kid sacrifices his body for the team and uh believe me his teammates saw that well and how cliche is it anymore that we say you know true team is the motto for this and you almost kind of saw it with ryan there right off the bat you know the minute he got in there no regard for his body at all just go out there and do whatever it is for the win and you really saw that out of his performance just in that short run right there but um another thing that i definitely want to hit on too was about the the defense because that's something that was really, really big and important. Um, I think starts off with, at least in the first half, I thought was the best demonstration, was seeing uh, Pierre with seven rebounds in the first half. He ended up with eight, so only got one rebound in the second half. But he really came out to perform, as well as the turnovers, Day- or excuse me, points off turnover. Dayton, 17 points off of turnovers. The Flames, only four. So that really helped a lot, and that had a lot to do with why the Flyers were able to get out, get quicker, and really get in the fast break and get some of those easy buckets, especially in the second half. Yeah, and there's a few thing Arch, few things Archie preaches in his program is uh, obviously you know you're going to have to be a great defensive team, and that's what they got got to last year yep. um, as they made their run. Um, if this team keeps playing defense like they have been in the beginning of the season, they're going to win a lot of games. Um, they've had a few lapses in Puerto Rico. Obviously, they're playing some more talented teams, um, you know, than they have in Alabama A&M and UIC here. But that being said, their defense has been tremendous through a, through a three game stretch there first half holding uh holding uic to 24 percent and then 27.8 percent overall for the game uh they keep doing that this team's gonna uh, achieve uh, many goals they want to they want to get to absolutely yes and, and even going off of um going off of what you, you were saying there when it comes to those defensive uh, the defensive prowess so many of them uh, we i guess we could say going into this season we were expecting the team to struggle a little bit on the glass and they got out rebounded quite a little bit in Puerto Rico by Texas A&M 
ended up out-rebounding UConn in the loss and then also out-rebounded um, Boston College, if I remember correctly. I'll, I'll have to correct myself on that. But today, once again, they out-rebounded Illinois-Chicago in the win, and that was also something that Illinois-Chicago put up a lot of shots. But, I mean, if they're going to take those bad shots, you got to get the boards, and that's what and that's another thing they did well today, too. Absolutely. You know, their pressure on the ball and, and their type of defense, they're not going to cause a million turnovers in a half court. You know, they got to depend on teams taking bad shots and, and then Dayton cleaning up the rebounding. Uh, they didn't do that against Texas A&M. No. I've never seen a stat like it, get out-rebounded by 21 rebounds and win the game. I have never seen that. Um, I know it's happened before, but uh, but uh, they obviously, that was a sticking point for them in trying to take that over to UConn. They cleaned that up, then did a better job against Boston College, and now they've had a week of practice to even uh, you know, get better at it. Yeah, 457-1290 is the number if you want to jump in. Bud Light Mike, also available for the people here at Flanagan's, the best bar on campus, if I may add. But uh, going off a little bit more of, of what we were talking about, um, I, I think another player that, um, as we're kind of just hitting on different players and whatnot, another one who I'm seeing that I'm really uh, impressed with the performance is Captain Scott. Uh, Scott, 13 points, 10 boards, 3 for 3 from the line as well. That's a solid day right there for the big man doing some work down in the paint too. I tell you what, I don't know what Archie said to him at halftime, and I know I, I, I've been a part of some of those things. Um, as the legend usually puts it, Bucky Bockhorn, he put a fire in his belly at yeah. halftime. Uh, but uh, Devin Scott came out to play in the second half. He had some pop to him. He was up in the air. You could tell he was getting off the ground. He wasn't complaining. He just went out to play. Yeah, and he had a very, very strong performance, which was one of the ones that really helped carry the team into the second half and really kind of let it down the road. I do want to, we're going to hit on a couple of other things, but I know that I'm getting my sign from the board, and that's my experience with being working in the board. You know that it's time to take a break, and now you hear this. So we're going to take a break. We're going to be back here at Flyer Feedback for uh, the home right here. If I can get my out cue right, that'd be great. So we'll be back back here to Flanagan's here on your home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, live from Flanagan's Pub on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Ohio farmers recognize the importance of clean, safe water and want to be part of the algae bloom solution. The state's new agricultural fertilized certification program is scheduling training sessions now. Learn how to control your cost and keep our lakes clean and healthy. Don't let your hard-earned money wash off the field. Get certified as soon as possible. For more information, including training dates and registration details, visit ohioagriculture.gov. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Agriculture, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters in this station. Saved 50 bucks on a sweater big deal tv's 200 off we're not really impressed but 2700 dollars off well now that's something to be proud of announcing 72 hours of savings now at subaru of dayton black friday saturday and sunday only get 2700 dollars off msrp on brand new subarus every new subaru at incredible black friday prices up to 2700 off msrp on the completely redesigned 2015 subaru legacy 2.5i premium black friday savings on the entire Subaru of Dayton lineup. Foresters, Outbacks, Impresas, Crosstracks, BRZs, and Legacies all in stock. $2,700 off MSRP on brand new Subarus. Don't miss 72 hours of savings. Black Friday, Saturday, and Sunday only during the Subaru Share the Love event. Subaru of Dayton. Anything but ordinary. Neighboring Sam's Club on Miamisburg, Centerville Road or SubaruofDayton.com. Legacy FAD 11 stock number S23698 MSRP 27748 plus tax tag and license ends 11314. You are the wonder in the most wonderful time of the year. You make the holidays happen. And we're here to help with big holiday savings and big holiday ideas. 
so you and those people you love don't miss one merry thing. The big holiday papers are coming. The Dayton Daily News. Subscribe today. Call 888-397-NEWS. Elizabeth Diamond Company is starting a new chapter with the expansion of our Centerville location. Start a new one in your life as well. We understand the strong attachment you feel towards your engagement ring, and we invite you to rekindle those emotions now through the holidays with our most desirable upgrade program ever. EDC features hand-selected diamonds and settings from top designers like Takori, Baraggio, and many more. So celebrate a new chapter in your life as we celebrate one in ours. The Elizabeth Diamond Company in Centerville and Troy. If you haven't shopped EDC, you're not done shopping yet. Clouds will increase throughout the day. Breezy at times, highs in the upper 40s. Can't rule out a passing shower this evening and overnight. Temperatures staying in the 40s. Scattered showers Sunday with a high of 49. I'm meteorologist Carrie Ann Merritt on Dayton's official station for severe weather. News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Call in with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 WHIO. Flyer fans, a big win here for your Dayton Flyers, 75-41 to over the Illinois Chicago Flames. I'm Michael Purvis. Joining me, Josh Posterino here on Flyer Feedback here at Flanagan's, one of the best places on earth to catch a game, and we love having him having here. And I'll tell you what, we, as you just heard there in the bump there, you could go 457-1290 to get on the show. We're going to head over to Bob here, who has you a bet. comment on the hey, bump um, mic. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you were uh, around during the summer, but I, I, I think I read or heard that there was a lot of attention paid for individual shooting workouts throughout the summer. It really appears to have paid off for uh, Devin and Jalen because they have no they have no uh, qualms whatever to let loose. I mean, I know you as a guard used to fire away a lot. Too much. Yeah. Too much, Bob. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, so that's a great sign to have, you know, uh, uh, for stretching the floor. And uh, so I think that that paid off this summer. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I was around a little bit this summer, but uh, just knowing Archie and, and knowing their program, that's a huge emphasis for them. They shoot a ton. And when I say they shoot a lot, they shoot a lot than most programs in the country. And that's one of his philosophies. And that's, a, you know, something that, you know, you want to see as a coach is, is guys not hesitant to take shots when they're open, you know, um, you know, especially if they can make them. <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever want to get, you know, gun shy or, or that. And, and it's a fine line. You know, you want guys shooting that shoot high percentages and you want certain shots. But when they put the work in, that's how you're confident in shooting. If you don't go out and shoot for a week, you're not going to be confident taking a three in a game live versus UIC in front of, you know, 12,000 people. You've got to really put the work in, and that's where the confidence comes. Well, I dare say uh, uh, Devin had, he had a lot of space. His man wasn't guarding him, and, I, and I'm, I'm betting if he doesn't take the shot, you know, uh, Archie's going to put him on the bench. Yeah, you know, he's got to take it. He's got to take it. He's got to take that 15 footer, and he's knocked a few down so far this year. And and you know what? That changes scouting reports. You know, if if they can, if they could back off Devin Scott from 15 feet, and you know, in, you know, that changes how the plays are run and the execution and everything like that. So once you got to stretch out and guard guard Devin Scott, it gives Cyber, it gives Scoochie Smith a few more lanes to uh, get to the rim. And also Deshaun posting up. Nobody, nobody can guard him. No, no. They can't guard him. You saw it even at Boston College and the yeah. ACC. They had a really tough time matching up with Deshaun. And when he's when he wants to get to the rim, and uh, they do a great job of isolating him in the post, um, he's going to be a handful in, in Atlantic 10. He's going to be a handful. Yeah. Now, uh, you recall playing it uh, down in Miami a time or two. <laughs> 
It's, yeah, uh, I try it's, to forget them, but yeah, yeah, I do recall a couple of them. It's, it's not really a basketball arena. It's a dinner theater <laughs> down there. It's, so be uh, it. it's very comfortable down there. And, uh, but the Flyers have had some big wins down there, and I fully expect them to go down and uh, just take care of business. Yeah, we hope so. You know, they, um, uh, They're always tough, though. The, they uh, they are. They, they lull you to sleep in that place. You know, you walk in, it's a little darker than usual, and uh, uh, you know, they lull you to sleep thinking it's going to be a nice, lazy game, and then they, you get out there and they punch you right in the face, and you're coming, it's a ball game the whole time. You know? Well, they've been punching for many years. <laughs> I mean, the Miami-Dayton uh, series goes back many years, and I can think back when uh, Jerry Pearson was – uh, he didn't guard Donnie May. He fouled him every time back in the uh, mid to late 60s. But that's that's way back then. But they've got a great tradition, Miami does. And unfortunately, they've kind of fallen on hard times with their basketball. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, yeah, Bob, and one of the things I wanted to, to, to at least touch on, and we thank you for your comments. You I know I wanted to, uh, do you know, when he talked about the, the, you know, Miami being able to punch teams in the mouth, that was such a, a characteristic of Charlie Coles and his team and his philosophy, which it really was do a lot of work on the defensive end, and then that kind of gradually led to offense. It did. You know, they, they was a hard-nosed basketball. You know, started from, uh, you know, Herb Sindek when, when yep. I was playing, when he had those great teams with Zerbiak and Devin Davis. They had three pros on the team when we were playing, mm-hmm. you know, and those were our first couple years. And then it kind of transitioned as I was coaching here. And, um, you know, Charlie Coles did it for so long and so well. Um, you know, th- those guys were just tough, hard-nosed kids that knew how to play. And they had to play a certain way or, or they weren't going to win because they weren't the most talented. We were always a little quicker. We were always a little bigger, uh, a little bit more athletic. But somehow they were usually were in the game you yep. know and it, it was a it was a tough tough game to play but I, I think that that staff down there really knows what they're doing coach cooper and and um you know it's it's going to be a tough game like it always is down in Mallette Hall. oh absolutely yes and uh, i'll tell you what, we're going we'll pick up the miami conversation a little bit later towards the end of the show and because we're uh, we're approaching a news break so i kind of want to set the table for what we want to kind of talk about towards uh, towards our next segment is uh, talking about the in-season tournaments um and we looked at last year we saw how how it propelled the Flyers to the national spotlight at first. We really saw that this team, uh, last year's team, strived in a tournament environment where it was three games in four days. And that almost, for a lot of people, they were like, oh, okay, well, this team's going to look good come March. And, well, we all know how that worked out. But And then now we look at this game, and, but then I take that back. I wanted to go with my train of thought is they also had that rough game against Illinois State as well where there was kind of that one just crummy game that they played where they were on too much of a high almost in a way. So let's look at at this at the end season tournaments as a whole, and because we have about two minutes here, so we'll look at it as a whole. You coached, you played in a couple, you've coached in a couple as well. In just a brief, real quick thing, and we'll pick it up in a, in a second. What? How? How does a coaching staff prepare the teams for that? Well, I think you look at it, you know, you start preparing for these things years in advance, and then as you get closer, you know, you, you kind of look at the schedule. And, um, you know, that first game you can really prepare for as a staff. You've got a coach that's assigned to the scout. You know, you've got days before. They know they're playing Texas A&M. Um, you know, they've got time to time to really get after it, and, and, and it's almost like a real game. Mm-hmm. And after that, everything changes. Um, you know, you've got to prepare quickly. Uh, you've got certain 24 hours until you play the next game. Um, 
Um, you know, the coaches are up all night. Um, you know, you don't get too much sleep on these trips. Um, but then, you know, one assistant's got the one team, one assistant's got the other team. So we can get into it a little bit more. Oh, but yeah. uh, it was a heck of a tournament for, for UD, and, and they'll keep, uh, keep doing well. And we'll pick it up. More conversation on that from Josh Pastorino. I'm Mike Purvis. We're going to take it back for a news break. We'll be right back here. Flyer feedback here on your home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, live from Flanagan's Pub on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. This is my home. This is my home. This is Dayton's home for news, weather, and traffic. News 95.7 AM 1290 WHIO. News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Dayton at Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. On air, air. online at WHIO.com. And on every device with the WHIO app. Your news news. starts now. now. Fox News Radio, I'm Don Matheson. Several dozen St. Louis area mothers march in Clayton, Missouri. They want Governor Jay Nixon to impanel a new grand jury, a special prosecutor, to consider charges against the white cop who killed Michael Brown Jr. It's Small Business Saturday, a way for independent retailers to capitalize on holiday shopping. American Express started the concept five years ago, and now it's a growing $6 billion national shopping tradition. Business owners say the day brings awareness and new customers. The average American does a third of their holiday shopping at local businesses, and that's money well spent. Fox's Brian Yenis. Howling winds in northwestern Wyoming, gusts clocked at 117 miles per hour in the town of Clark, a small community 40 miles east of Yellowstone National Park. Fox News, we report, you decide. News 95.7 WHIO, the home of Fox News. We, we, we report, you decide. In the winter of 1777, George Washington and his army were instructed to stop in the open fields on their way to Valley Forge. The weather was bitter and cold, but they stopped to give thanks. They paused to pray and celebrated their own Thanksgiving. Years later, on October 3, 1789, Washington issued his first presidential proclamation, recommending to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many favors of Almighty God. This is Ron Trzynski, and although it wasn't until the presidency of Abraham Lincoln that Thanksgiving Day was established, it was done in the same basic spirit, to thank God, to promote national unity, and to pause for just a day to be grateful. Although many people are struggling today with all sorts of problems, all of us have things for which we should be thankful. So this Thanksgiving, enjoy your time with those near and dear to you, and remember the words of our founding father and take a moment to give thanks. The big finish of 2014 event, Key Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram Truck in Xenia. With great deals on Jeeps, Ram Trucks, everything's on sale. Like the all-new Chrysler 200, 9-speed automatic transmission, up to 36 miles per gallon. Beautiful styling and interior. Priced from $19.7 or lease one for $273 a month with zero down. Plus Ram 1500 pickups, the best fuel economy. Only a half ton with an available diesel engine. 9-speed automatic, 5-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best. Great products and deals, Key Chrysler and Xenia today. Very well. I'm prepared to offer you as much as... How much? How much? $100. My hero. Tire Discounters announces $100 holidays. A $100 Lowe's gift card is yours for the... Holiday, holiday. 
Buy any set of Ford tires on select major brands and tire discounters will give you a $100 a $100 gift card at Lowe's. Only from Tire Discounters, the home of $100 holidays. All celebrities were impersonated. That's hot. The News 95.7 WHIO Five-day weather forecast. Breezy and mild today. Highs in the upper 40s. Scattered showers and windy at times on Sundays. High 57. Showers linger into Monday morning with temperatures falling into the 30s throughout the day. Mostly sunny and chilly on Tuesday. High 40. A few showers returning Wednesday. High 46. I'm meteorologist Carrie Ann Merritt on Dayton's official station for severe weather. News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Call in with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 WHIO. And welcome back, Flyer fans, once again to Flanagan's Pub here on Stewart Street, just off the campus of the great university that we all know and love. I'm Michael Purvis. Joining me, Josh Pastorino, Flyers win over Illinois Chicago, 75-41. to Jordan Cyber, 22 points, and a great effort from him. He's starting to get that jump shot back. Devin Scott, double-double, uh, 13 points, 10 boards, also in double figures as well. Scoochie Smith, 10 points and 3 boards. And I'll tell you what, we, uh, we're starting to get a line over there at the Bud Light Mike, so we definitely want to do that. 457-1290 is the number if you want to get on the show. Let's head right over now to the other option, the Bud Light Microphone. Hi. Uh, I, it seemed to me like Jordan Seibert and uh, uh, Dyshawn Pierre paid, played around 30 minutes tonight, and I thought that was uh, more than we needed with the big lead we had. And I would have liked to have seen, uh, it seemed like a good night to get in a lot of the uh, walk-ons and so forth. But what I'm, I'm not so much interested in your opinion on that is, is, is that what I'm interested in is Josh's opinion on how he would have felt about that when he was a player, if he would have been yanked uh, to get the uh, to, to let the uh, walk-ons play. How would you have felt about that? Well, though? I wanted to play 40 minutes every single game. You know, I never wanted to come out ever, and I got mad at coach when he took me out. But uh, I'm glad they didn't play me 40 minutes. But no, um, as a player, and I think Jordan, you know, um, especially after a week off, a week of no game. You know, you're practicing a couple days off here and there over Thanksgiving. You're ready to play. You know, he played about 28 minutes tonight. Um, I, I think it was a good number for him in that he wanted to play 37. <laughs> you know, he wanted to play a lot. and But you just can't do that. They got a big game Wednesday night, uh, another game on Saturday. So, you know, they're, um, you know, as a coaching staff, you're always looking into uh, you're, you're looking a little bit into the future, but they had to really get that. And Archie talked about it. We talked in our first segment. Get that rust off, you know, especially his first game back. Uh, well, that's a good answer. I'm gr- I'm glad to have you here, Josh. Uh, but uh, did you have to beat up uh, Norm Grevy and Brooks Hall to get here? What? How come? Uh, where are those guys today? I, I told them to quit hogging all the airtime. You know, I, I paid off Larry Hanskin. He let me get up here one time, and no. Uh, I'll- what, uh, I got a great opportunity from uh, Dave Harper, uh, who's the vice president of advancement at University of Dayton, and Chris Morrison, who's the assistant vice president uh, for advancement at University of Dayton. I'm now director of development there. I'm working at the school. Uh, Larry, Larry and I have stayed close throughout the years, and uh, he, he had, you know, had an opportunity to get back and, and do some things back with the program, which means a lot to me. I've talked about it now since I've been gone. Every People have heard too much about it. I talk about it wherever I've been, so um, just glad to be back and glad for the 
opportunity from uh, WHIO. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I know that we have a lot of, of a lot of thank yous at the end as well. You know, as, uh, as somebody who worked behind the scenes last year and kind of moved my way up here, a lot of a lot of big shout out to uh, to Larry for giving me this opportunity as well. Um, but I'll tell you what, let's hit, stick it stick it over there at the mic four five seven twelve ninety or the Bud Light mic, one of our regulars as well, who I remember from last year. So. Yeah, uh, Bob from Dayton. That's I'll right, tell Bob. You what, uh, pretty good there. Uh, it's rather interesting when you look at the fact that the Flyers are coming off a uh, an early season tournament like uh, Puerto Rico, and then. Now, next game right here is Miami, which is probably the only long-standing continuous rivalry you got. And here you're playing a team that uh, you played on and off maybe for the last several years. It's got a reputation for fairly st- tough defense. How significant is it that uh, we had probably one of the biggest blowouts in our history uh, over the last 10 years in between a couple of uh, rather big events? I mean, this could have been a sleeper thing where somebody could have come in and upset us. Uh, but instead, uh, we had great defense. And uh, after, uh, right around uh, after Jordan Seibert hit that tree, all of a sudden you could slowly start seeing the momentum build. Uh, we started scoring, and they just never got on track. Well, I think, um, you know, I think a couple things on that. I, I think when you do scheduling and you look at it as a whole, um, you try to fit in someone where, you you know, you've got a good chance. You, you're going to have a heck of a three games in Puerto Rico, and then you've got that really tough game at Miami. So you'd like to play some somebody in the middle there where it's going to be a good game but you never know how it's going to go on paper you're favored and you've got a chance to win the game you're more talented this and that but um you know tonight could have been really close if the rust would have stayed on for another 10-15 minutes after you know if they come out of the half they get a couple buckets now it's six points now the thing starts changing a little bit on you so you know for them i I think it really shows the maturity of this team and what the coaching staff has done with this group to come out at half and just totally take over the game and just put it away in the first five minutes of the half. They, you know, it was I think it was a 15-minute mark or something. The yeah. game was over. You know, they were up 20-something points, and, and just for them to be able to do that, a lot of teams in the country couldn't do that with UIC. I don't care who you're playing. So that was a that was a big thing for me to see that team just come out and, and really, uh, you know, come together and everybody just hit on all cylinders for the first five minutes. And, Bob, before I throw it back to you, I'll cite what we talked about before. Last year coming out of Matt, Maui, there was Delaware State at home where the Flyers looked eh, iffy, if I may say so, and then they were ranked, went to went to Illinois State, I believe, and lost on the road. So, I mean, you know, there is that, you know, that lull that we talk about that sometimes happens in November and December, and I think that's kind of what, to your point, is is that this game could have been that, and the, really the second half kind of proved it otherwise. Yeah, and I'll get off the stage with this one, uh, kind of going into what you wanted to emphasize this part of the session. How important has the uh, early season tournaments been for the Flyers uh, in terms of trying to set the table for them? And is this something that actually may turn out to catapult them in terms of uh, a a really potentially big season this year, one that I don't think a lot of us really planned on? Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Well, I I think, uh, you know, a couple things. One is you'd never get Texas A&M. UConn and Boston College to come into UD Arena. You, you just wouldn't. Uh, you might get one here and there like Ole Miss, and you'll have a series here and there where it's going to be a good series. We used to have Marquette and St. Louis, and you know, back in the day, they would do it. This is a different time, in, you know, different time in college basketball. So for these tournaments, for Dayton, 
are so important scheduling wise. You know, so you have to look at and dissect every single thing, RPI, strength of schedule of who's in these tournaments and who you can play. And over the years, you look at the successful Dayton teams. I mean, I remember my first year back on the coaching staff in Maui. Uh, we, we beat UConn in the first round, lost to Arizona, who was number one in the country, and then beat Maryland in Maui, um, you know, back in maybe that was 2000, 2001. But those things for Dayton have always been so important to catapult them throughout the season. So, you know, you hope you can keep carrying it on, and it doesn't all, it isn't always a predictor of what's going to happen in the future, but hopefully this team uh, learned, learned a lot from San Juan and can keep moving forward. You know, this is a really encouraging game for a lot of things that we just said here. Thanks, gentlemen. Until next time, go Flyers. Go Flyers. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, Josh, let's uh, let's go back to just talking about the, the tournaments in general because I, I do, I mean, you can, there's a lot of ways you can argue about these in-season tournaments. You can say, you know, you could say something along the lines of it's commercialization, it's the ESPN monster, you know, whatever. You could say what it is there, but it really does help the exposure for a lot of these teams like a Dayton, like, um, oh, I may even say like a, like a Butler as well. These teams that they might get a couple of those bigger games, but they really get a chance to prove who they are in early on in the season. They do, and you can't, you know, like we saw last year, the national TV, the national exposure, you can't replicate that, um, you know, besides being in some of these tournaments. I mean, we were at, what we were at ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPNU, you know, all in, all in San Juan, so they keep on top of what happened last year. Now we get Dayton back in their mind, you know, and, and those things, you know, these tournaments have been put together, and I've been, I've been coaching in them the last six out of seven years years and and um you know espn does this all for programming and and believe me they're they're pretty smart oh, yes. <laughs> in what in what they've been doing <laughs> so they uh they, they haven't been wrong on too many things but the um you know, this time of year over the holiday season, the program basketball's on, you know, all times of the day. And for Dayton to get a, to, to get airtime like that, it just, uh, you know, you can't put a price on it. Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here, but I think I have to bring this up because in case you didn't see next year, 2015, the Orlando Classic, you know, Dayton returning back to Orlando. I'm going to throw out two names and a potential one that I, we already know who's going to be there. That team that begins with an X, which we all despise a lot, and Notre Dame. So sit down digger, which I absolutely love. And now there is a team to be named, and I really think that this team to be named, if it was smart, would be Marquette. And I think that every single person in here would love it. I'm sure everybody would be just going down to Orlando in packs if there was Xavier, Notre Dame, and Marquette down there. Now, there's no way Marquette's going to take that, but nonetheless, still would be absolutely awesome there next year in 2015. Mike, if Marquette gets in, we might get the Pope to show up. It might be a, it might be a all Catholic. I mean, if you if you're not a Catholic, you don't have a chance of winning. No, oh yeah, the Super CYO all showing up down there, That'd down there it. in Orlando. Four five seven twelve ninety. If you want to ring in, give us a call here, or you can go to the Bud Light Mike, one of our other regulars from last year who I recognize, but name I don't remember. So please go ahead. Thanks a lot. Uh, actually, Josh, we uh, it was back in 1990. My wife and I were on a cruise that left out of Tampa, uh, and it was during basketball season. It was an odd trip for us. Uh, but it was game day, and we put uh, she had her jersey on, and a, a, a lady came up to us and said, oh, are you from Dayton? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're big Flyers fans. She's like, oh, my, my nephew, Josh, plays for uh, for the University of Dayton, so we, we met your aunt on that on that cruise down That's there. That's great. That's so, great. Uh, now, I, want, I need to use your coaching uh, knowledge here. Um, in the rule book, when it comes to a charge or a block, do they have an actual definition or just a picture of a coin? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a great. You know what? This is a great question. Feels like that. Uh, little history on it. They changed the rule last year. So last season, they made it so that, and I won't bore you with all the details of it, but you had to be set in a set position before that offensive player started his upward motion to the hoop. Now, I don't even understand that. I was coaching for 14 years. It was, it was hard for the ref to call that. So they, they, you, last year you barely saw a charge called. It was always a block. So that now the coaches complained, um, pretty loudly complained, some high big number coaches, and now they changed it back. So it's easier to call now. So you have to be set as the guy, you know, they still have a rule exactly. I'm not exactly sure the exact detail of when you have to be set, but they changed that rule back to what it used to be. So now, as you're going to see in the preseason, I think up until Christmas time, is you're going to see way more charges called than you'll see. And once you kind of get to the conference season, it starts to even out a little bit. You'll see the refs uh, kind of come back to what their points of emphasis are supposed to be, <laughs> and uh, they'll, they'll come back to it. But that—that's a big reason why the um, why that you'll see everything. Everybody that tries to get set, and now it's now it's a charge. Thanks, and uh, uh, you talked about shooting earlier about how much this team shoots and shoots and shoots. What I've noticed is that this team is not a great. It's an it's a very average passing team. Uh, you know, Cybert started out this pretty slow of coming out of the gate. Uh, now I think a lot of that was he was picking balls off his knees and trying to go for the jump shot where if you hit him in the shooting pocket, you know, he's automatic. He'll, you know, he can throw it in from 25 feet. But it seemed like he was always reaching and stretching for balls, uh, you know, that were pretty basic passes that he sh- they should have been able to hit him. Did- do teams do much passing practice? You know, uh, you, you in, would you would think at this level that you have a great feel for passing and the details of those things, um, but you have to work on it. And and they they do work on it. And I think some of that comes with all right. We're playing with some diff- as the team comes along, um, you know, as a team's built and as a team keeps coming, um, you know, you, you kind of get better and get a better timing. Uh, you see a lot of that in the early games, uh, passes at the feet, passes behind. You might miss a guy that. It's wide open. As the team matures and as the season goes along, you won't see that as much, and you'll see the team passing in a little bit more detail. Well, another thing, too, this team has a lot of depth at guard, and eventually I think that will be rooted out, as in we'll see the guards that do pass the ball the best. There were a couple times in the game where there was great ball movement that led to wide open threes, and really, in my mind, looked like the team from last year that was able to move the ball so well. I, and I think to go on the comment, I think that that will come over time time that eventually the ball movement's going to be good, especially as they will face more zones in conference play. That's going to have to get a lot more crisp. I definitely agree with that. 457-1290 is the number if you want to join us here on Flyer Feedback, or we can head to one of my favorites, the guy who gave me the best beer bread recipe I've ever had, which is fantastic. That's my wife. Oh, okay. She, she well, did that. Oh, that's fine. Good. Tom, <laughs> good to see you. Mike and, and, and Josh, uh, the, I, I think... Uh, Got to say something on behalf of uh, uh, Kyle Davis. Uh, probably the uh, toughest defender we got out there. A- and, uh, you know, continues to hustle on every play and works hard. You know, he gets a few fouls, but uh, he's there. Uh, you know, all of his feet are in the right spot. Beats his, uh, you know, guy to the spot and, and stuff like that. He's, he's the stopper, even though he's only six-foot guy or they list him at six-foot. Uh, he's he's the he's the best defender we got. 
Kyle's done a tremendous job so far this year. He's the type of guy, and, and like you said, Tom, that like every coach wants a guy like Kyle Davis on their team. You know, he'll just go out there. You say, all right, you're guarding this guy tonight. You know, the best, you know, Ryan Boatwright from UConn or, or, or whoever, you know, the leading scorer tonight. You know, and, and Kyle's got to take on, and Kyle has embraced that role. You know, and, and a lot of guys say, oh, I need to, sh-, you know, I need to shoot. I need to, you know, I need to, uh, you're holding my scoring back. Well, Kyle's embraced the role of being the team stopper. And so those guys feed off Kyle. And, and Kyle, um, you know, and Kyle lets that offense sometimes come to him. But single-handedly in that first half of that Texas A&M game, offensively he was a spark. You know, just by him, his intensity on defense and those Steve getting a couple of hands on deflections, uh, he sparked the team to, to a great first half against Texas A&M, and I think you'll keep seeing spurts of him offensively, but he's got to be a great defensive stopper all year for Archie. And I'll tell you what, Tom, we're about to head to a break, so you can make the last point real quick if you could. Yeah, I, I think it's become a holiday tradition for Kyle Davis to dunk the ball in holiday tournaments. Yeah, I'll tell you what, yeah, he, I'll, I'll tell you what, I will. we're going to hit more on that because I do want to talk more about him, but we're going to be back here, we're going to wrap it up, we're only going to five today, we'll be back here for the remaining part of Flyer Feedback here from Flanagan's right here on your home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, live from Flanagan's Pub on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Dayton's Traffic Authority. Sergeant Mark Bowren. Dozens of real-time traffic cameras. Watching the Miami Valley. You'll hear about it. But more importantly, know how to get around it. Dayton's Traffic Station is News 95.7 WHIO. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it. You don't do anything but think about it. What are we going to do if we lose the house? Where are we going to go? At work. I can't let anybody find out. I'm so embarrassed. At dinner. How can I tell the kids? It's going to wreck their lives. And at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. What's going to happen to us? It's time to stop thinking. It's time to start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one advice about your mortgage options. I'm all alone. No, you're not. We've helped over a million homeowners, and we want to help you. And now there are more ways to help. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Cloudy and breezy at times overnight. Can't rule out a few passing showers with lows in the upper 40s. Back into the low 50s by Sunday morning. Scattered showers at times for your Sunday. Mild with highs pushing close to 60 degrees. I'm meteorologist McCall Vridex on Dayton's official station for severe weather. News 95.7 WHIO. 
You're listening to Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Call in with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on News 95.7 WHIO. And welcome back in, Flyer fans. We are celebrating here at Flanagan's Pub once again. Lots to be thankful for here on this weekend after Thanksgiving, 75-41. I'm Michael Purvis, Josh Posturino with me. And, folks, we have a special treat for you here that we want to wrap up the show with. We have ourselves a Dayton Flyer fan who has been amongst the Flyer faithful as a fan since World War II. Sally, and we can't thank you enough for coming up here. And I know Josh... Josh here gave us a heads up that, that you wanted to come up, and I know, Josh, you had a couple questions you wanted to ask her. I know that. Well, I'll tell you what. Sally's 92 years old uh, from, from, from a great family, Ron and Fred Morton, uh, the mother of Ron and Fred Morton. I, um, and, uh, you know, they, Sally has been cheering on the Dayton Flyers and has some good stories about Dayton basketball since, like uh, Mike said, after, since World War II, actually. So, Sally, what uh, – you know, tell me – You've always you've always been coming to the arena, or have you been a Dayton basketball fan since you moved here? No, mostly on radio and television. Okay, All right. good. So Bucky Bockhorn's one of your favorites, then, right? Don May. Don oh, May. Uh, I'm going to tell Bucky that. I'm telling Bucky that. I hope I don't, he's listening. Oh, man, I don't know. The legend might not like that at all. Yeah. I won't be the one to deliver the message. We'll at least go with that. Yeah, so we'll you can do that one. Well, I like all of them, but he's, he's special. Good. Well, Don May was a great player, one of the best that's ever played here. One of the best. Now, there's a story. You used to uh, you put the radio up. Uh, your, your husband used to work at Frigidaire. Yeah. And, he, and you used to put the radio up, uh, up or the phone up to the radio so the whole company could hear the Dayton basketball games being broadcast on the radio. Yes. Was that the night shift? He, he called me from Frigidaire, and I'd put the phone up, put it up by the phone so everyone could hear it, and he'd put it on a microphone somehow so the whole place could hear it. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you recruit Flyer fans that's everywhere, right, and I love right. it. I love it. That's great. And this, you know, and I wanted to say this while Sally was up here. You know, if you're not around Dayton basketball and you're not from Dayton, this is what you don't understand. You know, this is what Dayton basketball is about. This is what the Dayton community is about. This is what the university is about. And uh, we appreciate Sally coming over, yes. making it in and Flanagan's here. And I'm sure if you're at the next uh, next games at the arena, stop down and say hello to her. Yeah, thank you, Sally. Thank you so much. We hope for another 90-plus years with us here. We love it. So, love anyways, it. well, thank you so much Thanks. for your time. We appreciate it. I'll tell you what, you, know, you hear that time and time again uh, about, about, uh, about this area, and you know what, that was one of the reasons why I came here, is that you see that this is, this is such a community, and I think Sally emphasizes that right there absolutely perfectly, uh, of why people come here and why they stay here, and I love it. 457-1290, we're making it really quick. Leslie, I know we got to go to you. you. Very successful trip, I heard you Oh have. my gosh, a tip of the cap to our 106 Flyer fanatics that traveled with Ideal Travel to Puerto Rico. Two and one out in the tournament. We had a great time, and uh, back to back to reality, and back to planning that next road trip, which is Wednesday to Miami. We still have space on our bus for those fans that want to be able to road trip to Oxford. Forty nine dollars gets you your game ticket in our little UD section, and your bus transportation. Give me a call at two two three seven four four seven. We can still get you on board for Wednesday's trip to Oxford. Go Flyers! Go Flyers! Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, let's uh. Let's finish up with that with that right there. Uh, UD Miami, it's, yeah, as we hit on before, it really is the, if I remember correctly, the longest standing rivalry uh, that this program has is with, is with the Red Hawks down there in Oxford. And 
all I, I mean, we'll go with this, is that neither, neither you nor I, I did some research into it, and you nor I actually had any good experiences down in Millette. When you were down there, you had, well, actually, take that back. When you were here at UD, you had four games against them, but you also shadowed a player that might go down as one of Miami's all-time greatest, a guy by the name of Wally Zerbiak, who followed you literally year for year. That kid was pretty special, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, that was a bad time to be playing Miami when Wally <laughs> Zerbiak was there. He was a heck of a player, a heck of a guy, um, had a great basketball career, was in the Hall of Fame there. and um, You know, that... that uh, the rivalry is excellent. I mean, people that can tell know a lot better than even than I do. You know that have been watching Dayton basketball, some great games. Um, you know, both here in the arena and down there at Millette Hall. But uh, I think for this team, you know, this team's going to have to. Um, you know, for these guys, they're not that familiar with with Miami. You know, this current team and current group of guys, certainly the freshmen aren't. A lot of the sophomores aren't. So, you know, they're, they're going to really have to, you know, um, you know, get ready to go this week and, and get motivated and ready to, ready to beat Miami down there. Oh yeah, and, and you know, what? you, you got to look at. I mean, we've all we've all hit on Millet Hall and how much we want to we want to hate on it and whatnot. So, but uh, you know, it is it is a tricky place to play. I know that uh, see, it would have been my senior year. We uh, we went down. We took the trip down there to do the student broadcast of it and uh, I believe we lost in double overtime and Julian Mavunga had a heck of a game and it was one of the worst feelings to walk out of that gym after losing to Miami because I believe they came off of a high that might have been the Orlando Classic where they were in that one as well where they had a they had a really good performance and then come back and had that one bad game and it happened to be on the road against Miami but nothing's granted down there I mean you know this is this is a team that's going to play them tough they still have as we talked about earlier that Charlie Cole's mentality where it's very very hard nosed especially defensively it really is and and I think you know Dayton th- this team has to really rely on their anchors you know yes. what's their anchor you know what's what's Archie preaching to these guys every day? If they play defense like they've been playing, they're going to be right in the game, ready to win the game, no matter if shots fall or not. Mm-hmm. And so um, they've got to keep playing defense like they are, cleaning up the boards, and that that gives that team that, that it really calms the team down, and they're ready to play now on offense and and get a win. Yeah, and you, I, all I got to say is is that very encouraging signs today as we wrap it up from Jordan uh, Jordan Cyber, big performance out of him, Captain Scott down low doing a great job as well definitely very encouraging signs that this team is starting to gel kind of going into the season uh, and we'll definitely be really excited to see where it goes from here so but that unfortunately is all the time we have i can't believe an hour went by but that was an absolute blast so so for josh posterino i'm michael purpose big thanks for both of us to larry hanskin for giving us the chance to do this and we really appreciate everyone coming down here to flanagan's we'll be back miami again on wednesday 7 p.m pregame starts at six with larry hanskin And we'll take it from there. I'm Michael Purvis. Have a great one right here on the home of the Flyers.